Hello everyone and welcome. My name is Andrew. I'm Rachel. And we are Picture the Scene Podcast. We are a true crime podcast aiming to put you, the listener, at the scene of the crime. Each week we delve into the murky world of lesser known crimes from the UK and Ireland. And occasionally we also venture into renowned cases from around the globe. Now if you like what you hear, please do follow us on whatever social media platform you prefer. Subscribe to us on your preferred podcast platform of choice. And if you have the capability, give us a rating and review as well. It really means a lot to us, doesn't it, Rachel? It does. And it doesn't feel like yesterday that we were here listening to you saying those lovely words to our listeners. Yes, indeed. (laughs) Now, if you like us that much that you want to support us and see us carrying on doing this for the foreseeable, then please do head over to Patreon, where you can support us for as little as £1 a month. We have bonus content plus tag. We have bonus content and episodes, depending on your tier, and it really does help us carry on. Doesn't it, Rach? It does. And for the eagle-eyed listeners out there, I'm making a silly joke, because you're not stupid. You can tell. I still have my cold, and it's not the cold that lasts for centuries. We've done two recordings in one day. We have indeed. Yeah. <laughs> it's very rare that we do this, guys. So that's why that comment was a bit tongue-in-cheek, and that's why I still have a cold. Yes, it's just because Rachel, obviously, is about to have a bouncing baby, so we need to get some out so you don't have any gaps. Now, um, so yeah, give us a support on Patreon if you can, but obviously we don't force anybody to do so. so How would we force them? I don't know, you know, maybe mind power or something like that. Mind Psych- power. Psychic powers, I don't know. Oh. Uh, call me Darren Brown, Darren Ogden. Um, but as we're any true crime podcast, I went a bit high then. Listening to discretion is always advised. And today there is no exception. Today I will be talking about death, as always. Dun, 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 dun. We do, where possible, now release our episodes a week early for our Patreon supporters. So if you want to hear next week's episode today, head over to Patreon. Why don't you? So, Rachel, now you've let our magic out of the bag, how are you doing like six or seven hours later since I last asked you? Still full of a cold. Um, No, I'm good, thank you. I've had a very productive day. I've not had my lunch in between us recording very first thing this morning and recording in the evening after work so being 38 and a half weeks pregnant and not eating lunch probably not the wisest of choices but you know what it's happened i'm embracing it why not how are you i'm good i had a bacon egg sandwich so i'm not hungry but um oh yum but yeah no i'm good thank you i'll be glad it's friday isn't it so once we've done this i can kick back and um chill for the weekend Kick back and chill, guys. So, are you ready for some true crime? Absolutely. Twice in one day. (laughs) Oh, um, this week's I'm spoiling the magic, aren't I? Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. This week's episode was inspired by your episode a couple of weeks ago, Rachel. Well, last week now. I keep having to reread everything I wrote now. So, by your episode last week on Olivia Pratt's. I'm honest. I, I'm honest. I'm honoured. And honest. Okay, great. So, if it's safe for you to do so, I'd like you to relax. 
Close your eyes and picture the scene. Today, I'd like to take us back to the 20th of August, 2022. So not that long ago. And we're heading off to Liverpool again. We've been there a few times. So I'm not going to go over the same details again. Over than to say this time, we're in the Old Swan area of Liverpool. It's in the east of Liverpool. And it's named after a pub called the Three Swans, which was around in the 18th century. I guess the fact I found most interesting about the place, Rachel, when I was looking it up, was that Halle Berry, Berry's mum, you know the actress? Yeah. Halle Berry's mum was born there. And nice. also the area that we're in, the old one, has around 20,000 residents. So there we go. Hang on, so, so which is which is your most interesting fact? Halle Berry's mum. Okay, yeah, I'm glad you went there. We're very late in the evening in the 20th of August it's around 11.30pm so it's pitch black the rain is very bad that evening, it's lashing it down and it's cold and windy we're visiting Leinster Road in Old Swan and on Leinster Road a Hyundai car pulled into the road and it pulled up near number 40 Leinster Road now inside of the car was 41 years old James Witham and 29-year-old Joseph Pierce, and they had pulled into Leicester Road and stopped where they did as they had one thing on their minds, Rachel, and that one thing was murder. Oh, dear. Oh, dear, indeed. They intended to kill the occupants of number 40, and those occupants were Lee Harrison and Ashley Dale. The pair were a couple, and the reason the two men wanted them dead it was due to a feud that was raging between two sets of drug-dealing gangs over some stolen drugs. Oh dear, indeed. Yes. James and Joseph, they wanted to find a way to get the door of the house open and the occupants outside. So they approached the car of Lee, Lee Harrison and they stabbed the tyres of his car, two of his tyres. And their thinking was that the car alarm would go off forcing someone outside to turn it off. No, they were right in as much as the car alarm did go off when the two tyres were stabbed. However, they were wrong in thinking that it would bring someone outside to turn the alarm off. Now, inside of number 40 was just, was just Ashley Dale by herself. She was 28 years old and Lee Harrison's partner. She was home alone and was in her pyjamas watching television and had thought the alarm had been set off by the heavy rain, so she just stayed inside, and she didn't go out to turn it off. Instead, she sent a message to Lee, her boyfriend, to tell him the car alarm was going off, and he replied that she must think she's in a horror movie or something. And then after that message, he also sent another message saying, Are you okay? Question mark. Alive. Now, at 12.07... Yeah, oh God, indeed. Now, at 12.07am, so on the 21st now, she replies saying, no, I'm dead. Uh-oh. Obviously, obviously joking, yes. Yeah. Can I just stop there yeah. and um, just interrupt? If genuinely, if I messaged my other half and said the car, and he was out and, the, and I said the car alarm's going off, his response would not be anywhere near as caring as that. It would be, what the fuck do you want me to do about it? <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. To Lee's, but on opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah, yeah. I know, I do believe your Lee is a much nicer person than Lee Harrison. 
Oh dear. In fact, I know he is. Um, Luckily, Lee doesn't listen to the podcast. Giving him a compliment. I guess so, it is lucky, yeah. Uh, about 23 minutes later, so at around 12.30 a.m. on the 21st now, Jay, James Witham, he put on a black armor to hide his face and he got out of the car. He was carrying in his hands a scorpion submachine gun and he had gone there to kill and so he intended to follow through. Wow. As no one had opened the door, he took matters into his own hands and he basically kicked the door down through the, and it was locked as well through the front door of Ashley's home. Once he had broken the door down, he moved into the dining room. So Ashley was actually, she was in the living room in her pyjamas watching TV. But obviously when he started to break in, she'd run out of the living room and gone into the dining room on her way to the back door to escape. So, okay. so just to give you like an idea of where in the house. So, Okay. So once he had broken the door down, he moved into the dining room and Ashley was in that room, just about to leave it. And she was by herself and she was moving towards the back door. Again, like I said, to try to escape whomever had just broken into her house. Now, it's worth noting here that it wasn't dark. All the lights were turned on. So there was no mistaking who was in that room and who wasn't in that room. Now, James Witham saw Ashley as she was making her way out of the room towards the back door. And he opened fire with the machine gun, firing 10 bullets toward her. One of those bullets passed through her body and killed her. Now, so loud were her screams that they were actually heard by her neighbours. Oh, my God. And I'd imagine, like, the the noise of the machine gun. You can't muffle that, can you? You can't get a no. silencer on a machine gun. Even interesting facts, even silences and guns don't make a gun silent. It just muffles the noise. But yeah, yeah. No, you can't. You can't really put a silence on a machine gun, yeah. Wow, gosh. I mean, imagine that. So by now it's like, what, quarter past 12? No, half past 12 it was. Half past 12, sorry. Um, So it's half past 12 at night. You'd be, you'd be woken up by that screaming and that machine yeah. gun noise, wouldn't you? You wouldn't yeah. be watching TV and go, oh, what was that? You would shoot up out of bed, like, pardon the pun, Um, but you would be in fear of your life that it was... Like, if it sounded so loud that it was just downstairs or something, wouldn't you? You would, yeah. So, leaving Ashley in the dining room alone and to die, James made his way upstairs with five bullets left in his gun and those bullets he wanted to use to kill her partner, Lee. Now, when he got upstairs, he found it to be empty and Lee wasn't home. So, maybe out of frustration... Maybe to send a message, but he fired his remaining five bullets into the wall of the bedroom in the house before making his way out with no regard for Ashley at all. No, Ashley died. Would they have gone through? Would they have gone through the wall into the next door neighbor's house? No, I don't think so. No. No. And was um, was Joseph just in the car waiting for him? Yeah. Wow. Gosh. No, Ashley died very soon after she was shot, so she had no chance really. So I wanted to, I was thinking about, and I, I guess I'm going to give a bit of magic away as well here, Rachel, um, because I wrote this, everyone, after we recorded this morning. And um, I was thinking about what we said about the one we recorded this morning, where sometimes we don't give enough focus to the victims here. Yeah. So I wanted to have a little look at Ashley before I carry on with the story. 
because I think we need to give her the time needed before we move on. Yeah, and you've already alluded to like Lee, her partner, not being a very nice person, but I'm I've built in my head, rightly or wrongly, so that she's just an innocent party in the mix of of this this war between the two drug drug gangs, whatever. Um, so yeah, that'd be great to to hear a bit more about her. Yeah, she was most definitely an innocent party. So she was twenty eight years old. She had worked for Knowsley Council for the previous five years, since November of 2017, and she had recently, just a few weeks before, been promoted to the role of Environmental Health Officer. Now, sadly, it was a role that she never got to start because her life was taken before she had the chance. Oh, gosh, how unfortunate. Yeah, she loved her friends and family, and she loved her food. When she went out with her family, she'd often be the one that chose where they would eat. But everyone had full confidence in her, and she always knew I always chose well. Her dad would later say that her favourite food was steak, roast potatoes, broccoli, peas and mushrooms. And she said that she would often ask him to cook it for her, and they would just eat and sit and talk, and they would catch up for hours at a time. You really have like taken it to the extreme, haven't you? Like we've found out the favorite food of our victim here. This is something quite special. Thank you. Now, during one of those conversations, thank you, no worries. During one of those conversations, Ashley da- Ashley's dad would later recall how she told to him that she had recently begun speaking about starting her own family. Now, sadly, and in a horrible twist of fate, in November of 2015, Ashley's 16-year-old half-brother, Lewis, had been gunned down and killed when he had been shot in the back when he'd gone out to the shop to buy some cigarettes in what turned out to be the case of a mistaken identity in a different drug feud. So what relation was that to her? Her half-brother. Oh, my goodness. Her so, poor family, like... Yeah, so her dad's And how, how, how many years earlier was that? This is uh, seven years ago. So she, she would have been um, 21 at the time. Yeah. And he was 16. So Ashley also loved going out to festivals and gigs. She had been going to Glastonbury since she was a teenager. And it was at Glastonbury that the beginning of the feud began that would end with Ashley so sadly having her life taken away from her. It was at that festival that an argument, a clash, started between her boyfriend and another man Niall Barry, who was 26 years old. Ashley was at the festival with her boyfriend, and also with them there was Niall Barry and two other men called Sean Zeiss and Ian Fitzgibbon, and also an additional man, James Witham, if you remember, who was her eventual killer. Her boyfriend, Lee, is a drug dealer. And he was associated with a gang who called themselves the Hillsiders. And at the festival, it seems that this gang had stolen around one and a half kilograms of cocaine from Niall Barry, one of the men who was with them at Glastonbury. Who takes one and a half kilograms of coke to the... Well, probably to sell, obviously, to Glastonbury, but yeah. I mean, how how do they get in with it? They don't say everything, do they? You can always find ways. Wow. Are the anxiety levels on me if I was carrying a bloody... Oh, God, I can't even think. 
tramadol i don't know is that is that on the streets i don't know hmm. um <laughs> let alone like oh god yeah i just don't yeah because, because i'm very you, naive when it comes it, to like that well you're just not a criminal are you rachel that too yeah i'm not uh, a criminal thankfully. yes it seems lee had taken the side of the hillsiders which led to the start of the feud during the festival one of the men who was there with them sean's eyes He'd been attacked by the Hillsiders gang, which led to, even back then, Niall threatening to stab Lee, and while he was high on drink and drugs, he had even shown one man a knife and said that's what he was going to stab Lee with. So after the shooting, and when James and Joseph had driven away, they parked the car up out of view initially before returning to it later that day and hiding it on a driveway in the area of St. Helens. A week later, it was driven by Joseph Piers, but this time with Sean's eyes and hidden on a different driveway in St. Helens. Now, all these were just attempts to keep it away from the police, Rachel, and it would eventually be found by the police on the 9th of October 2022 on a different driveway. So even though it was James Witham who had shot Ashley and Joseph Piers who had driven the car, it wasn't just those two who had planned to kill Lee. Niall Barry and Sean Zeiss had also been involved with the killing, both with the planning, and also it was Niall Barry who had access to guns, in particular Scorpion submachine guns, and it was him who had obtained the gun used to kill Ashley along with the bullets. Oh my goodness. Sorry, can I just establish why Ashley were why they were hell bent on getting Ashley as well as Lee? Well, they just wanted to kill the occupants of the house and they thought that she would be with him. So she would just be a witness, an innocent bystander. They didn't have a vendetta specifically against Ashley, but because she was there, she got shot. Yes, basically, yeah. They knew she'd be there and they were happy to kill her. Yeah, yeah. They weren't after her, her, no. So Niall Barry and Sean's eyes ran an organised crime ring that supplied drugs mainly to all over the UK, with later evidence showing it went to places like Wales and even as far away as Brighton. And as I mentioned earlier, Niall could also obtain guns whenever there was a need for them. So all four men, Niall, Joseph, Sean and James, had previous convictions. Niall Barry had four previous convictions, all for the possession of controlled substances, mainly cocaine and cannabis. Sean's eyes had six previous convictions, which included for the distribution of cocaine and cannabis and handling stolen goods. Joseph Pierce had 11 previous convictions, possession, public disorder and driving offences. And James Witham, who had been a shooter, he had 37 previous convictions, including for the possession of and supplying class A and B drugs, such as ketamine. He also had convictions for dishonesty, um, criminal damage, and ABH, actual bodily harm. Throughout the time James and Joseph had been waiting and then eventually killing Ashley, they'd been receiving messages from Sean and Niall, repeated messages asking them what was going on, what was their progress, if it was finished yet. Once they had hidden the car, it was to... The pair, so Sean and Niall, it was to that pair they went into 
Niles Flat on Peach Lane in the area of Houston. Is that how you pronounce it? Um, is it Heighton uh, or Heighton? I have no but, idea. Don't worry, don't worry. How did they know their whereabouts? Was it all captured on like CCTV following the shooting? No, it wasn't. It was mainly just um, mobile phone evidence, so conversations and location. Oh, got you. There's mobile phones, eh? Yes, indeed, yes. I'll get onto the, the evidence later, but yeah, it's mainly mobile phones. And that's why they knew about the messages they've been sent, like asking if it's yeah. finished yet and about the planning and stuff like that. So, one... they... sorry. Sorry, I know you've just said that you're going to get into it further later. So, should I? I don't no, mind no, pausing no. my question. No, were these burner phones or were they their normal phones as well? Normal phones. And I'll explain why they was happy to use a normal phone later on. Jeez. It's just mad, isn't it? Like, you think yeah. that. I know we spoke about it in the episode this morning or last week for our listeners um, about how naive people can be, but that's when you don't have any past criminal convictions and you're, you're a bit like a bit of a dumb criminal really. Yes. Um, But you know, you've just been through all the convictions of, of the four men. This is not their first rodeo. It might be their first like killing, but it's definitely not their first rodeo, especially being, as adapt as they are to selling drugs on the streets. like. But I'll look forward to, to hearing a bit more about that later. Yeah, I don't think it was a... I mean, I have no idea, but I'm guessing it probably wasn't the first killing. But yeah, um, yeah, I'll oh, explain. Right, okay. I'll, well, I don't... I'm, this is just my pure guess here. There's no evidence for this. But um, but I, I'll get onto the mobile a bit later on. After the killing, a few things happened. Firstly, as was the case in your episode about Olivia... Lee, Ashley's own boyfriend, he refused to cooperate with the police. He wouldn't tell them a single thing. And in the months after her killing, he just spent his time moving between Liverpool and Dubai. Can I just ask as well, like, obviously it would have been the neighbours that had alerted authorities to their screams and the and the, the gunshots yes. and called 999. But how soon after did Lee... Turn up at the scene of the crime. I don't know that question actually. No, I don't know that. It's a good question. I don't know. Um, I didn't look into it, but but no, yeah, no, I don't know. So you'd assume probably not long because you'd you'd think that the neighbours would know him and contact him, wouldn't you? Yes. Yeah. Like and, get here quick. There's been a problem. Yeah. Yeah. I know the police went to her mum's house to notify them because their mum made a statement saying the police um, knocked on the door and said something's, I'm paraphrasing the aircraft remember exactly was, can we come in? It's about Ashley, she's passed away or something similar to that. So, and so the, I, and the, the reason why I asked the question though was because he'd been texting her and Jess saying are you okay? Alive? Question mark. Yeah. Um, I don't think you would wrap your head around there being any other outcome than him just jesting that and then coming home to her being tucked up in bed asleep. You know, you know, yeah. for 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 it to t- to have turned out like this and as sinister as it has, he he's probably in a state of disbelief and not wanting to talk to the police because. And again, making a guess here, you said he wasn't a very nice person, so I imagine that like he, he's definitely like, again, you know 
probably not done some very nice things to others in the past either, but there's probably an element of him not not wanting to grass up and, and dob in the gangs, but also of, of disbelief that like this whole thing has even happened. No, from what I could gather, it was more just around he didn't want anyone to the police to know anything either for grassing and also because he was a major drug dealer. Um, yeah. So it was more around he didn't care too much about Ashley. It was more just himself. Oh. Well, that makes me even more sad. Poor Ashley. Yeah. Do you reckon so, she knew what he, like, how big of a drug dealer he was? Yeah, I'll get onto that a bit later, but yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. No, it's okay. Um, our listeners will probably think, I wonder if we're having a conversation without recording. And I just say to you always, yeah, I'll get onto that a bit later. Um, but yeah, so after the killing, yeah, a few things happened. Firstly, yeah, he, he would just move between Liverpool and Dubai. He wouldn't speak to them. And he still had never spoken, spoken to them. Um, and he wouldn't speak to her family either. Niall oh, Barry, dear. yeah, Niall Barry, he was planning on leaving the country after the killing, but he would be arrested before he left on a suspicion of the murder of Ashley. James Witham and Joseph Pierce stayed away from their homes and they moved around a bit. They spent some time in Scotland and also in a hotel in St. Helens area before the two were arrested. And they were arrested about 200 days after Niall Barry. And Sean Zeiss was arrested as well about the same time as Niall Barry because he didn't go anywhere. But he, like I say, he was arrested. So when, now we're going to get into the mobile phones. So when Niall and Sean were arrested, evidences of other crimes were found on their phones, ones which were sure they were involved in very serious crime. So have you heard of the Encro Chat app, Rachel? No. Oh, it's fascinating. I thought you'd know about this. It's Basically, it was a secure messaging app that drug dealers and criminals used. But the police, I think there's a documentary on Channel 4 about this actual case, not Ashley's case, but the police basically, they'd arrested a drug dealer, like an international drug dealer in the UK, and they'd never been able to crack this Encro chat. It's what all the like, drug dealers around the world use because you couldn't get into it. But the police, when they arrested this drug dealer, they found it, an unlocked phone on him with the Encro chat open. So they got access to it. And when they got access to it, they was able to crack the system. So every time they now arrest, and not many drug, not many dealers use it anymore. But now whenever because, they, because it's been cracked. But now yeah. whenever they arrest people who are using this, they can get into it easily, which is why now, that, by all the phones, they kept the phones because they obviously didn't know about this. And they, they had this encrypted chat, or what they believe to be fully encrypted Yes, chat, right? Okay, gosh. That's, so that's mad. It is, yeah. And, like, and so can I establish it would have been just on the App Store for you or I to download? We wouldn't have had a fucking clear what we were downloading, but we could have downloaded it. I've absolutely no idea if it was on the app stores. It wasn't made for criminals. It wasn't on the dark web, was it? it no, was, I have it, no yeah. idea. It was. I know it wasn't made for criminals, but it's criminals that used it. But just like Snapchat, though, isn't it? Like, don't they say like more drugs are dealt over Snapchat than like on street corners nowadays? I'll tell you something. As an aside, maybe a year. Or two, it was during COVID, so a couple of years ago, I found a drug dealer on Instagram by accident. 
and he was selling uh, cannabis and I think something else I can't remember. But he was just openly. selling it anyway. Yeah, openly. And he was basically using Snapchat and um, Instagram. And he was selling to anyone. Like you could see there were kids like interacting with him and stuff like that. Yeah. So I actually created I don't have Snapchat, I'm too old for it, but I created a Snapchat Snapchat account so I could see if he actually was. And he was selling it. Like I asked him to buy some and he told me the price and he gave me his bank account number to send the money to and asked me for my address. Now obviously I didn't send his money or buy any drugs, but I got in touch with the police. He lived in Southampton, this guy. Right. And I got I got in touch with the police in Southampton and said, "Hey, look, you've got a guy here selling drugs." Like awesome. he, go, he, used, he used to go on live on Instagram in his house and talk about the drugs he was selling and how much they were and how good they were. Um, this is mad. And so, and he used to have a bingo game. I don't. He probably still does actually. Um, and where basically you could win free drugs off him, and. So I contacted the police in Southampton and said, hey, look, there's a guy here. Here's his name. Because he gave me his name because I didn't have it for his bank account. Here's his name. Here's his bank account details. Here's the screenshots of conversations I've had with him. Here's his account on Instagram, which shows um, that he's got drugs all over it. And he just wasn't bothered. didn't even do anything about it. I You're joking me. No. I contacted Instagram, at least. I thought, when I realised they weren't going to do anything, I contacted Instagram and said, hey, well, not hey, but I reported him because he was selling drugs. Again, apparently that's not against the... Fair use policy. Yeah, because he wasn't actually openly saying this is for sale on his post. It was just pictures of drugs and stuff. That was fine, apparently. So anyway, I'm going off a total tangent here. I'm sorry, but... um, yeah, it happens. People just sell. That's support. made me really mad. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, so they found his phones, but they had the Encro chat system on it, so they managed to crack it. And then on the phones of Niall and Sean, they found evidence that they were part of an. Actually, they banned the organised crime gang that supplied large quantities of drugs all over the UK. In Niall's case, it was over forty kilograms of cocaine that they found evidence for half a kilogram of heroin, 28 kilograms of cannabis, one kilogram of ketamine, and one kilogram of amphetamine. For Sean, it was 14 and a half kilograms of cocaine, six kilograms of heroin, 13 kilograms of cannabis, and two kilograms of ketamine. So between them, the drugs were valued at over two million pounds, and that's just over a six-month period that they found data for. That's mad. So by the time all four had gone to trial, the pair, now and Sean, had already been found guilty of the drug offences, but had not been sentenced because that would happen after the murder trial by the same judge on the murder trial. So when it went to trial, James Witham, he admitted manslaughter of Ashley and possession of a weapon and ammo. He admitted he, manslaughter. Yes. He said that he didn't mean to shoot her. He just oh, fired, fired a gun. Yes. He admitted conspiracy to murder of Lee Harrison, but he denied a murder, and he also denied that anyone else was involved. There was a fifth man 
charged with murder too, but he would be found not guilty. And interestingly, if I'm not going to name him, interestingly, he was also initially a suspect in Olivia's killing. Oh, wow, okay. And you can find it. I don't want to name it, but you can find his name if you Google him. He was at Gastonby with the, with all of them. Um, but Niall Barry, Sean Zeiss, and Joseph Pierce all denied murder. They all denied conspiracy to murder, and they all denied possession of a weapon and ammo. Of course they did. Of course they did, yeah. During the trial, the defences were quite simple. The three men who denied everything said they were not involved. Niall admitted, although they never gave evidence, Niall admitted the shooting. Sorry, not Niall, sorry. Um, James admitted the shooting, but said he hadn't intended to kill, and said he did it, did it all by himself. He was basically, it looked like he yeah. was basically just trying to take the blame. I guess maybe they offered him money or something, like take the blame. You Obviously, they've got they your computer, so take the blame and... Might have offered to look after his family and make yeah. sure, you know, if he's got kids, like make sure that they're protected or whatever. Because I I imagine, you know, as loved as Ashley was, there were people out for blood on this gang. Hey, so, um, yeah. so yeah, there could have been like things in it like that. There could have been, yeah. And the, the prosecution's argument was that they were all involved, that James was attempting to take the blame for all of them so the rest would get out of the charges. Now, evidence would be brought forward from the devices where the four of them had been and conversations about the attempts to plan the murders. Crucially, though, there was another lot of evidence that the prosecution could use, and that was evidence from Ashley herself. Now, do you know how this happened, Rach? No. The evidence was voice notes left by Ashley herself. Now, you see, Ashley was in the habit of leaving voice notes for her friends and family. And, you know, instead of, like, typing a message, she'd leave a voice note. I know some people do that. And it was Lee's voice notes that would prove crucial to the conviction of these four men because it basically gave a running commentary of Ashley's life, including the feud between Lee and the men and all the details involved. Oh, wow. And, like, even, like, the last voice message was half an hour before she got killed. And it even said, like, about the car alarm going off and stuff like that, which is why we know what she was thinking. It's so, like, I'm just curious. So when someone dies and their phone is taken into evidence, yeah. if Lee wasn't forthcoming with the police, he obviously isn't going to give them her passcode. How would they have cracked her phone to be able to, like, listen to the voice notes? I believe it was open. I know they found her phone oh, okay. a few yards away from her, her body. So she had it in her hand as she was running away. Got you. Right, okay. Um, but it could have been a family might have known it as well. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know, to be honest. But um, Amazing that from beyond the grave, though, she can secure that conviction. Yes. Because so, her boyfriend wasn't going to get that get that for her, was he? No, no. So okay, on her phone was the, was the record of all the voice notes she sent everyone. So they didn't have to get over phones, if that makes sense. So on the 1st of August, for example, a little less than three weeks before she was killed, Ashley sent a message to a friend in which she said, I don't want to have to go to Lee's funeral next, and I just have a bad, bad feeling about everything. My nerves are gone when I'm out in the car with Lee, just feeling like I'm looking over my shoulder all the time. I can't imagine living like that, you know. 
No. Loving so loving someone so much that I'm willing to live like that, but fear of going out in a car, like like when when I leave the house, it could be the last time. Like you know, I just can't imagine living like that. No, it could, it must be difficult. And in a different note, she said that she had asked Lee to be honest about everything so she could prepare for the worst. And in it, she said, I don't normally want to know, but I need to know what's going to happen. And then that's why she actually knew everything about what's happening. So, and she'd left that in voice notes to her friends. Obviously, she trusted her friends. So in total, there was an amazing 139 different digital devices that ended up being seized by the police with a lot of evidence being found, but it was the voice notes that seemed to be what the prosecution depended on. Because they, yeah, it is amazing. And all, all four of the men would be found guilty of murder. But going back to the voice notes, before we get on to the sentencing and whatnot, I just want to give you a few quotes on them. Now, the senior Crown prosecution prosecutor on a case, Olivia Travis, would say this. In my experience of criminal prosecutions, it has been unprecedented for a victim to foretell her own death, which is effectively what she has done through the voice notes. These voice notes were harrowing to listen to and chilling when played to the jury. And Ashley's stepfather would say this about the notes, saying they were harrowing, really distressing and upsetting, but also absolutely necessary. He said... It's something that we knew early doors from the police who informed us about how integral it was to the investigation. It's hard to, which is why they got them, by the way, it's hard to really put yourself in that position and sit there listening to it. But Ashley's voice notes have been the only aspect of truth that have been spoken throughout the duration of this trial. So like I said, all four men would be found guilty of murder. They'd be found guilty of conspiracy to murder and he'd be found guilty of possession of a weapon and ammo. We've now shown also having the sentences for the drugs offences uh, given as well. But in the interest of simplicity, we're not going to break down a different amount. We're just going to tell you what the final amounts were for their sentencing. Now, the judge, before I do, the judge called all of the men dangerous. He said they were, he said there were no mitigating circumstances at all saying that now Barry was a mastermind behind a plot to kill, and James being the shooter, he said those two were the most culpable. And actually, to save me telling you, do you want to hear what the judge actually said himself when he sentenced them? Yeah, absolutely, if you've got a recording. Stand up. I sentence each of you to imprisonment for life on count one for the murder of Ashley Dale. Niall Barry on count one, murder. Your minimum term is increased to 35 years, but must be further increased to reflect your offending in counts two, three, and in the second indictment. Your minimum term is 47 years, less 433 days served on remand. James Witham on count one, murder. Your minimum term is also increased to 35 years but must be further incre increased to reflect your offending on counts two and three. Your minimum term is 43 years, less 295 days served on remand. Joseph Pierce on count one, murder. Your minimum term is increased to 33 years, 
but must be further increased to reflect your offending in counts two and three. Your minimum term is 41 years, less 295 days served on remand. Sean Zeiss, on count one murder, your minimum term is increased to 32 years, but must be further increased to reflect your offending in counts two and three and the second indictment. Your minimum term is 42 years, less 448 days served on remand. Take them down. Wow. You know what I will say? Before we go into it any further, is that at least they turned up to hear those sentencing remarks? Yes. I bet they were not expecting those sentences, though. I think probably the shooter might have been thinking he's going to get a really lengthy one, but the others probably yeah. thought maybe they even thought manslaughter. Or, yeah, yeah like, uh, oh, not, like single-digit years. Single-digit years, sorry, not manslaughter, because they'd already been found guilty. But, yeah, um, yeah no, it's, it's good that they got so long, isn't it? Amazing, because, again, it sends that message, doesn't it? And in the same, you know, this was the same week, albeit not connected to, it was the same week as Olivia Belcourt. Olivia Pratt Corbell. Yeah, yes, yeah, exactly. And um, and I think it's important to note that like it was um it was an insane sentence that uh, Thomas Cashman got for for that crime. So it's just about like it's about delivering a message that these yeah. crimes where innocent people are caught in the crossfire of drug related incidents are not acceptable and you are not going to get an average sentencing when you're killing innocent people like yes. fact yes and that that's four people what 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 collective it was what, over 160 how, how years? years it was over 160 years wow uh, uh, actually and, well 40 what is it 47 43 42 and 41 and james is 41 right yes he's he might not see Freedom again. Yes. 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 Was it worth it, James? Was it like no? The answer is no. It never would be. But mad. Yeah. I guess it's also worth. Did I put it in here? I'm just looking at the rest of my scripts. It's also worth Niall and Sean because they had when they said the second um, indictment. He's talking about the drugs there, and they had. The ongoing at the moment for them is confiscation of um, a confiscation order. So if they don't pay that back, whatever it's de- deemed to be, it's going to be like six or seven figures. They'll get extra years added onto the sentence as well. Oh, wow. It's just the gift that keeps on giving for them, isn't it? It is, yes. After the trial, Ashley's dad said that he couldn't be prouder of Ashley. That Ashley knew. She wanted kids, but not with Lee, but didn't know how to remove herself from the relationship. That's what oh he said gosh. she told her. That's heartbreaking, isn't it? Yes. Ashley's mum would say that she had to give up her job as a midwife, that she had defeated originally odds by going to university and getting a degree after being written off as a single mum. She gave birth to Ashley when she was 16, uh, but she just couldn't work anymore. She said that her two youngest daughters had to have ongoing therapy and they had to move schools. And she would say this, I hate that I won't see her get married. 
have children and deliver her babies, become Nanny Julie or grow old together like we always joked about, often be mistaken for sisters as we were only 16 years apart. So I think that's probably a good place to leave it. Don't you, Rachel? Do you have any extra thoughts? No, it, like this, it, it's a horrible case and I knew it was going to be horrible as soon as you mentioned um, about Ashley um, because I'd seen it in the in the news. And um, in, a, in a week or a week and a bit when we've covered, this will be the third completely like avoidable death of a completely innocent person. It's like innocent in the sense that they've not committed a crime, even had the opportunity to get on the wrong side of the law. It's not, it's just not fair. It's not, it's not fair. And she had a whole life ahead of her. And I know I got quite upset last week, didn't I, when we presented the Olivia Pratt Corbell case. Like, it's even though Ashley is years older, it's still the same. Her dad won't get to walk her down the aisle. She won't get to spend her happily ever after with the man of her dreams. And she won't get to have her own children. And it's all at the hands of, fucking half-life like low-life like idiot person that just wants to make a point and like has no heart and it's just horrible yeah i couldn't complete couldn't i couldn't couldn't agree with you more there rachel so i'm gonna wrap this one up then if that's okay yeah this has been season four episode 11 called ashley dale and if it's safe for you to do so I'd like you to relax, close your eyes and picture the scene. You're at home, the safest place for anyone, or so it should be. Do we really have to start to be worried even when we're at home? Is a question I have ask. So thank you everyone, and until next week, and it will be next week, we're not recording later on, we shall see you and speak to you then. Bye. <laughs>